Welcome to ROH Strong Podcast. Here is your host, Kevin Eck. What's up, Honor Nation? Welcome to episode 38 of the ROH Strong Podcast, the official podcast of Ring of Honor Wrestling. Now, my guest had the pro wrestling world buzzing recently when she released a video on ROH's social media platforms to announce the return of the experience, as well as her highly anticipated return to Ring of Honor. It is my honor, pun intended, to welcome back to the ROH Strong Podcast and Ring of Honor, the first lady of Ring of Honor, Maria Canellis Bennett. Maria, how are you? Thy kingdom come. That was. <laughs> well, it's not like you're just some Johnny come lately. I mean, you got a lot of this figure. I appreciate figures. it. I really do. Well, I got to ask you first off, we're a little bit past uh, the holidays. Yes. How were the holidays for the Bennett family? I know you have two little ones. So we'll- I do. Two tiny ones. Um, we had a wonderful holiday. We actually spent it in Massachusetts. We're in Massachusetts right now. Um, and it was great to do it at someone else's house. So we weren't uh, unwrapping gifts and uh, the wrapping papers all over the place. And um, yeah, I could just leave it there. Uh, I didn't have to, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it was great. The kids were very excited about it. Um, it was a little bit complex because we had to do the whole fly and then test and then quarantine and then we could hang out with family and then test, you know, it was wild. But um, just like everyone, we're working it out. Well, your oldest is what, like two and a half now? Two and a half, yeah. That is kind of a magical time for Christmas, I would say. Right? Oh, it's, it's phenomenal. And she is incredibly intelligent. She loves big words. So um, we're constantly feeding that um, interest in learning. So it's very magical. Um, and she's a lot of fun right now. Well, you said that she's very smart. She hasn't figured out the whole kayfabe Santa thing, I hope. <laughs> no, and um, I, I'm glad for that. I don't know how we're approaching Santa because she's so smart, but Mick Foley did um, have Santa send her a message and my son a message, which was absolutely incredible. So thank you, Mick Foley, for setting that up. Um, I appreciate that, and so did my daughter and son. <laughs> I'll bet. Mick is about as close to the real Santa Claus as you can possibly get. Oh, for sure. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about this. The last time that you and Mike were on this podcast, it was about six months ago. Mm-hmm. And at that time, you had officially become free agents, and you both strongly hinted, Mike actually more than strongly hinted, he came right out and said it, <laughs> that he wanted to come back to Ring of Honor. And you said, obviously, there's, there's a, a lot of possibilities at Ring of Honor. Um, Of course, at that time, Ring of Honor was not running live events because of the pandemic. We had kind of hit the pause button. We were in a state of flux. 
But we saw Mike make his return in November. Uh, first off, what was it like to see Mike back on Ring of Honor television and reunited with uh, real-life best friend Matt Taven? Well, I think my biggest thing was I was fearful that Mike might leave me for Matt Taven, but um, <laughs> it was incredible. It was nice to see him happy again. Um, it was nice to um, have him rekindle his love for professional wrestling all in like 10 seconds. You know, he, he entered the, the arena and then saw Taven and you know, it, was, it was literally like rekindling that love. I got to ask, who dressed him? Was that, was that you? When I, when <laughs> I saw me. that suit, I, I couldn't tell if I loved it or, or, or loved to hate it. I'm not. Okay, so I loved it at home. And then I watched it on TV and I went, no, don't do that again. <laughs> I dressed him. I, I actually should be fined or something for dressing him because I, I do not agree with my choice of wardrobe. Um, it was, um, it was cool at home and then no, not, not on camera. So from now on, I think you'll see more of um, a casual Mike Bennett. Yeah. It was an eye catcher. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say that. It was, uh, it's all uh, my fault. It's all my fault. <laughs> I mean, plaid was an interesting choice. I, it was not a boring. You know, it looked really good. It was, it was good in theory. Well, you know, I'll say Mike, uh, he, he's a good looking guy. He pulled it off. Not everyone can pull off plaid. I think he did. No. Uh, it just didn't, it didn't fit the moment. Um, or maybe it did. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it just, uh, maybe the moment was just so big that it didn't matter what he was wearing. No, no it was a great moment. <laughs> it's, it's funny that you mentioned you worried. I know you joked about, uh, Mike leaving you for Matt Taven. Yes. I will say this much. The bromance there is, uh, is alive and well. And, and, yes. and the, the genuine affection that those guys have for each other. I think uh -huh. really comes across like this is not a storyline or like these guys really love each other, which I think is cool that, and they're not afraid to express that love for each other. I think, I think Matt kissed him on the head like three or four times. Oh yeah, for sure. And um, they have wrestled together for a very long time. Um, and Mike actually, you know, was wrestling Taven when he just started in the business. So it's like, this has had, has been a long time friendship. And uh, through all of the ups and downs, Taven has always been there for Mike. And I think that, um, it, you know, that that's one thing that you can't remake that um, kind of friendship in a tag team. You know, it, you might work together for a long time, um, but it's nothing like when you actually like the person you're tagging with. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, as soon as Mike came back, uh, the questions on the minds of many fans, it started immediately, was when will Maria be joining him in, in Ring of Honor? And we know now, uh, we saw the video that was released recently that you are back with Ring of Honor um, and that uh, you said you were back for the wrestlers and the fans and you want, you want your voice and the fans' voice to be heard. So... If you can, just tell us, we don't want to give everything away, but if you could tell us just a little bit about what you see your role being. I think uh, 2020 has taught us a lot about wrestling. And at its core, um, wrestling fans want to see incredible sport. They want to see their favorites performing in a way that they like seeing it. And unfortunately, we took away the live event experience. But now we can give them a new experience, and that is to give them a choice and for them to choose their honor. 
um, to choose their favorites and to put out matches that they're really going to enjoy. Um, and a lot of people have said this before. You know, you, you hear it over and over and over again. Um, oh, we, we're going to do this, uh, this new thing and we're going to include it, what the fans really want. And a lot of times it falls flat and it falls short. And maybe this will too. But I'm going to do my very best to really get the fans' voices out there. Because I know what it's like to not be heard um, and, and to be told what you really want. And I don't want that for the fans. And I don't want that for the wrestlers either. I'll say this much. Um, there was another wrestling company that you worked for that um, I actually spent some time there as a writer. And uh, I know behind closed doors, this was a company that would say, we listen to the fans and give them what they want. <laughs> but I know that the chairman of that company privately would say, God damn, F them. We'll, we'll, we'll tell them what they want. We'll tell them. Yeah. yeah, we'll tell them what they want. And I think with Ring of Honor, this new experience um, is really taking fan engagement to a new level. But would you say, because you, you were in Ring of Honor for four years, it mm -hmm. seemed to me like, uh, and I'm not just saying this, you know, because we work for Ring of Honor, but they always had sort of a bond with the fans and that the fan experience there was a little bit different, whether it was just the meet and greets um, or the fact that, I don't know, Ring of Honor is a smaller company. Did you get that mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, I always used to say, um, even when I was uh, in WWE the first time, that Ring of Honor guides the industry um, because of the fan engagement. Yeah. You could hear what the fans wanted, what they truly wanted, because they were, you know, hitting the sides of the um, uh, on the metal, and like you knew what they they wanted to to see. And I think that you know, no matter who the booker was along the way, they always cared about that. Um, and, you know, when I was in Ring of Honor the first time, you know, the, the fans wanted um, wanted a certain thing out of me or wanted a certain thing out of um, the people we were facing, and we did our damnedest to try and give it to them. Um, or who we were facing, or, you know, I didn't want to wrestle ODB. You get kick my butt, but that's what the fans wanted. And I knew that. And that you know, so to me, it was important to be able to give that back to them. They had been with us on this journey, on the storyline with the Briscoes. And so to have that final match, no matter how horrible I am in the ring, I was going to give it to them. And I was going to try and win. So, um, you know, that's who Ring of Honor is at its core. Yeah, I would agree. I think... Um there's a sense almost like the old, and I've talked about this before, almost like the old ECW where mm -hmm. the fans in ring of honor kind of feel like ring of honor is theirs. And I think yes. that's a good thing. Like they are invested in, it's like their company more. So, of course they'll have their favorites, this guy or that guy or this girl, but that overall, you know, people can leave and new mm -hmm. people can come in, but it's, it's still ROH. But that's, that's why there's always new stars being built. Because uh, if the fans don't give up on them, um, then Ring of Honor's not going to give up on them. You know, and so the fans keep cheering for whoever. And they're going to be, keep being sent out there and try and win another match and try, you know, try to do a little bit better in this match. As long as the fans are there, that person's going to keep going to the ring. And that's why so many stars come out of Ring of Honor because 
Ring of Honor listens to the fans and what they want and then keeps sending that person out there. And then eventually they become the, the Kevin Owens of the world, the AJ Styles, the, whatever. Like you, you see these, um, you see these stars coming out of Ring of Honor with these fan bases that is so um, strong that they'll follow these guys wherever they go. Absolutely. You know, you, I know you're always very self-deprecating when it comes to uh, yourself <laughs> as a wrestler, but I'll say this, because you know, I've, I've watched you, obviously, over your career. Uh, I don't think you're nearly as bad as you think you are. <laughs> That's what Mike always tells me. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe, maybe if I, you know, maybe if I stopped saying that and, like, actually was like, oh, I'm going to be a wrestler now, you know, maybe that would, uh, maybe that would change my opinion a bit. But, no, it's... Uh, yeah, it's just, it's not, um, it's not my best quality. We'll put it that way. Okay. No, I could see that. You obviously do other things well, but I will say as someone who came from the, you came from the diva search, mm -hmm. um, I, I give credit to you, to uh, Kelly Kelly. Oh yeah. Like that, who started from ground zero, came in mm -hmm. as models and actually became, in my opinion, decent workers. Like you were able to pull mm -hmm. off a decent match. Yeah. So, um, we also had wonderful wrestlers to work with, uh, with Beth Phoenix and with Mickey and with Jillian and uh, Melina. And, you know, so these these women came from the indie scene and um, they knew how to work. And so, you know, and Trish and Lita were already there. And so um, you were you were taught very well, whether it was being taught while you're on live television or being taught behind the scenes. Um, we had really great teachers. Right. Well, that had to be nerve wracking to go out there and without the experience level of some of these veterans that you talked about. And, and well, you know, I, I think that being 22 when I first started was helpful because yeah. when you're 22, you believe you're invincible. You're you like, know, yes. you don't know enough to be scared. No, you were stupid. You know, you just, and, and no offense to the 22 year olds, you'll know. And, you know, a few years from now, you'll be like, yes, that, that he was real dumb. Um, but, you know, you, you just don't know any better. You just want to perform for the fans. And that, you know, and that's the funny thing is like, I, from the beginning, it was always about the fans. It was always about, you know, they, they wanted me to have cutesy moves. So that's what I did. Um, they, they wanted me to eventually fight back against Santino. So that's what we did. And I had to fight to be able to say the things I got to say, um, to Santino about doing Playboy and maybe it was a small thing and maybe it's a silly thing for most people but I remember when they finally said no we're going to have all the women come out and say that women can do what they want to do um that was a big moment for our locker room even though it was Playboy um it was still a big deal it's my body I'll show it how I want to and um so yeah that's that's kind of always been my in in the back of my mind my mantra but in my first few years of wrestling, it wasn't always uh, at the forefront. So in addition to wrestling, we saw you as a backstage uh, interviewer. I know you were, you were called on a lot of times to interact with the crowd and do the kiss cam. Oh like, yeah. And stuff like that. So you obviously, you have a valuable role in front of the camera, but um, you want to make your presence felt behind the scenes as well. Mm -hmm. correct? Not just with the experience, but. Um, no, no. Be yeah. Behind the scenes as well. I mean, I've had, I've had mo moments of that um, when I was working for Crossfire Wrestling. 
Um, I was running the women's division there. Unfortunately, um, you know, management had their issues. And so we weren't able to move forward with the things that I wanted to. Um, but then when I was working for Impact, um, I had more of a role of doing that. Um, David Lagana and Billy Corgan trusted me to, um, you know, write some of my own uh, verbiage. And even when I was in OVW, I mean, Paul Heyman would let me write uh, my own promos. So um, I've been doing this for a long time. And at this point in my career, it's not about me. It's about helping others mm -hmm. and um, taking my knowledge from, you know, Paul Heyman and Triple H and Undertaker and all these people I've worked with along the way um, and giving it back. And this is a great way to do so is to, you know, help move along these younger talents or even talent that have been working for a long time. Wrestlers have been, been doing this for a long time and never had that voice. Yeah. Um, and that's where I'm at in my career. And um, I just want to, to be able to help out in that way. You mentioned Ohio Valley Wrestling and the chance uh, to work with Paul Heyman, who mm -hmm. uh, I've gotten to work with Paul some myself and I'm 100% on board with uh, Paul, your, Paul is a creative genius. Okay, yes. says. Um, there were times I would work on him when he was a talent. I would work with uh -huh. him. He was a talent and I was the writer assigned to a segment and I would just kind of sit back and watch Paul. Like I'm mm -hmm. going like, to, I'm out, I'm not going to produce Paul Heyman. Yeah. You know? So I just learned yeah. and I watched yeah. Paul, the way he would interact with, um, I remember he was uh, managing Curtis Axel at the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, Curtis was just starting to get a little bit of a push and they put him with Paul and Curtis was kind of unsure of himself. And I had a segment, a promo segment with the two of them. And I had something written up or whatever, but Paul just kind of took the piece of paper and put it down. And he said, if you don't mind, sir. And I said, no, please. And <laughs> like he, just he, said, he said to Curtis and he goes, I don't, I don't care what's on the paper right now. Tell yeah. me your promo. Yeah. Who are you? What do you? And I was just like, wow. That's it right there. That's mm -hmm. so much better than me handing him this paper and saying, okay, memorize, this has been approved. Memorize this, you know, go. So my favorite thing to do with any type of talent, wrestling, um, backstage interviewers or whatever is to watch, watch how they interact with other people. Um, and, and see who they are as a real person. Because if you use that to push forward whatever character that is, um, it helps so much. It helps to know the person too, because then you can communicate with them in a real way, rather than here you go, take this. I know you're not gonna understand it, but here you go anyways. Like that's not, um, I don't think that works for people. Yeah. And I think that people have these visions in their head of you know, what they could do, and somehow along the way, they don't get there because they're afraid. They're afraid of speaking up or speaking out. Um, so like you, you need to know the person. Mm -hmm. And if you know they're a shy person backstage, all right, it's gonna take a little bit of time. If you know that they're loud and boisterous, but they're really insecure, okay, now we figured you out too. So like using all of that knowledge, um, is a great way to build a character. It's also a great way for a person to show their sport because everybody is fighting for something. I don't care who you are, you are fighting for something. 
So whether that fight is because you were bullied when you were a child, or if that fight is because you're, you're coming back off of having a baby or two, like there is a fight in there. I know what my fight is. And I want to know what these wrestlers fight is too. And I want to know what the fans are fighting for because that, that makes a great show. Absolutely. I want to ask one more thing about Ohio Valley wrestling because you sure. talked about writing your own promos. Was there actually a, like a booking team or were you on a team? Did you influence or have input into other people's storylines? There wasn't a booking team. Um, Paul would ask me advice and I would sit down with him before shows because I would show up early. Um, me and punk would show up early a lot of times and go over stuff. And, um, so yes, from time to time I had some input in other people's promos. Um, and you know, I, I was able to have some input in impact and I was able to have input when we were at WWE this last time because Heyman knows me so well. Um, now I couldn't get that far with it because then you got Vince McMahon and he's the cutoff of like, no, we're not going there. But you know, so we, um, Mike and I, uh, we had input, but it wasn't, you couldn't go too far. Yeah, I think it's very important to um, have some diversity. I mean, this is with anything, right? But it's also with, uh. is, um, you know, you don't necessarily just want five white guys sitting in a room who are going to, you know, book, you know, minorities and women, you know, like, because yeah. they don't have the same perspective. So it helps to have those other voices in the room. Um, if you're in the room, you obviously are going to know a woman's motivations or think of things that us dudes may not think of and may look at it from a different perspective. Yeah. I mean, some of the best writers I've ever known have been ones that have the ability to be quiet and to watch and experience what another person is experiencing. And, um, and to take those inner motivations and make them work for other people. So my experiences are different than another writers are going to be as a woman, as a mother, as you know, uh, I've been doing this for 15, how long have I been doing this? I started 16 years. Like I, so my experiences and who I've worked with are completely different than anybody else's are going to be. Um, and it's that, that circle of, of knowledge between me and other writers that makes a great team um, or would make a great team. Uh, I truly believe that. And so I agree. So let's talk again for a second about you as a performer, because again, people, when they saw this video, oh, they want me to wrestle. Oh, they do. <laughs> so, I mean, or at least managing, right. Managing Mike and Matt. Um, what are your thoughts on that on this day as we're speaking right now? Because obviously who knows what can happen down the line, but what's in your head right now, as far as in front of the camera, whether it's getting in the ring, you know, maybe for a match or two uh, mm -hmm. or, or, or being a, a manager again. I'm here for the fans. That's my thought. Um, I'm not going to say something that I won't do myself. So if the fans want it, it will happen at some point. Okay, so fans, keep, uh, keep, uh, keep on it. Go to the uh, ROH, the Experience Facebook group. Uh, hashtag choose your honor and uh, mm -hmm. tell Maria what you want to see. And who knows, maybe we will see it. <laughs> you're the voice of the fans and you're going to, you can't say no, right? <laughs>
No, no, I mean, you know, the, of course, there's certain things that we must say no to. But, I know, I'm joking and putting you on the spot. But at the same time, like, you know, I'm sure that it would be um, a great uh, thing for my kids to watch as well, to be like, oh, mama had two babies, and guess what? She's still out there fighting. Um, I think that's important. Um, representation is very important. 100%. All right. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation so far, <laughs> but we do have to take a quick break and then okay. we'll be back with more with Maria Canales Bennett right after this. 2021 is fast approaching a new year and a fresh start. Thank God 2020 is almost over. And with the new year comes a brand new trend. The power is now in your hands. Who do you want to see challenge for the pure title? Who do you want to see drink everything in their sight? A ring of honor quieres saber sobre todos los partidos de tus sueños. You tell us. Who do you want to see challenge for the world title? The pure title, the tag titles. What guys you want to just see beat the living bejesus out of each other. They want you to be the booker. A really good business decision would be to give Slex a world title shot. Hashtag choose your honor and let us know your dream matches that all include me winning everything. You let us know by using the hashtag choose your honor and now you are in complete control of the January Experience show. So follow the trend and let your voice be heard. All right, we are back on the RH Strong podcast. My guest is the first lady ring of honor, Rhea Canales Bennett. I wanna ask you about your thoughts in general on Ring of Honor's uh, presentation since the restart, for lack of a better word, hitting the reset button. Uh, because we're we're doing something that looks different right now than, mm -hmm. um, and you know, people can argue it's different good or different bad. I mean, most of the reaction we've gotten has been very positive. Mm -hmm. Thoughts of someone sitting back and watching this. It's one of the few products I enjoy watching. Um, I'll have to admit that uh, because, uh, it is so different and it is focused on uh, the sport of wrestling, which makes it very different. Um, the pure tournament was excellent. The promos that the guys did before the matches were great. Everything that was building up to the matches were great. Uh, I think that the at home promos that some of these guys have been doing um, have really gotten the matches over more than I've seen in the past. Um, and make me want to watch it. So, uh, yeah, I, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think we've taken the no fans thing and mm -hmm. kind of made it work. Yes, advantage. yes. And I think that taking all of this knowledge from this year and then adding the fans back is going to be incredible. And, and I don't want to, um, you know, really criticize any, any other company. I'll just say this, my experience, I haven't watched, I'm like you, I kind of gave up on wrestling except for ring of honor i just mm -hmm. enjoyment in the other products but i was watching a football game the other day and on fox and after it ended i kept the tv on and smackdown came on uh-huh it was the first time i had seen the i guess they call it the thunderdome yes i don't know again i don't know if people like it or just for me it was very distracting mm. see all the digitized faces mm -hmm. and the fake uh, crowd noise being being pumped in. And I just thought, you know, I don't know, like I'd rather have the empty arena and the real sounds of the guys 
in the ring and hitting the mat and you know mm-hmm. I don't know it's just it wasn't for me so I don't know yeah. If it, yeah well I think part of it is due to the camera angles as well in Ring of Honor they've tightened things up and so these guys have to be incredibly talented um, because you're going to see everything at this point um, be because Ring of Honor is so in there. Um, which, it, which I think is what this time calls for. Um, the, yeah, the, the Thunderdome hasn't been my favorite. Um, I feel like the stars don't look like stars as much anymore because they're not the, the Joe Schmo is sitting out there and his face is just as big as the person in the ring's face. And so that camera play is not my favorite thing. Um, I want my stars to be my stars and I want as a fan to be able to just blend in to, you know, and, and just be able to be loud. It's kind of like when um, the, you're at a bar and the light goes on. I feel like every person watching at home must feel like the light is just on in the bar and it's the end of the night and everybody looks like disheveled and like, you know, yeah, I don't want to see that. I like, I just, it might've been cool for a night, you know, like a special, you know, we're doing this. Um, if I were them, I wouldn't put it on so many sides of the ring. I would put it off on one side. Um, so you can kind of, you can catch that there's fans, but I would keep it tight on the wrestlers. Yeah. And, and like we've said, or like I've said, it's, um, it's, it's whatever is your cup of tea. And I'm not saying, yeah, of course, you may love the Thunderdome. I just know for me, it was a little bit too much, mm. like an assault on the senses, kind of. With the, <laughs> all the, all the, all the, I, I want to know yeah. how the wrestlers feel. That's what I want to know. Like, I'm how do they feel going out there? You know, do they do they still feel a connection with the fans, or is it more weird? Or I don't know. Well, it's funny when we when we decided that we were you know coming back. I remember I had a conversation with uh, our booker about well, what are we going to do? You know, yeah. and I'm thinking. I guess we need to, you know, pump in some crowd noise or we need, and he's like, no, exactly. No. <laughs> he's like, we're doing bare bones, stripped down, yeah. no, no fake fans, no cardboard cutouts, no, no nothing. And, and just back to basics. And I was like, okay, well, but, and it, to me, it's, it's been a home run. Like I think hundred yeah. percent on the right. Track. I don't know if a lot of other companies could do that though. I feel like, um, it takes a group of guys with so much freedom mm-hmm. um, to be able to do something like this. And the, um, so I always think with WWE, they shoot themselves in the foot because they make everybody afraid of, of going out of their comfort zone. So then when they're put in this situation of no fans, and then we have this Thunderdome, and then everybody just kind of cowers. Whereas Ring of Honor has always been a place where the wrestlers can perform and, and wrestle the way they want. And so, okay, fine, this is different, but that's like a specialty match to these Ring of Honor guys. This isn't like a, uh, oh my God, all of a sudden thing to them. They're so used to just being out there doing what they, they just did more of what they're great at. Well, and just, I mean, not to pull back the curtain too much, but, you know, you mentioned it, like you can hear a pin drop in, in the arena now. So, For sure. you know, calling spots and, you know, obviously there's communication in the ring that you can't really do that because no. the mic is picking up everything. Yeah, so you, you have to, 
have to be good at your craft. Yeah, you have to know your role. Someone famous once said that. <laughs> Did you, did you come up with that? Did he steal that? <laughs> I, you know what? I actually came up with it and then he used it. And, um, you know, that was after he had me eating pie on television. I don't That's even remember. It was a crazy night. And, uh, yeah. Oh, those were the days. <laughs> well, let's ask you about, uh, I know something that, that you uh, are invested in and care about, which is the women's division. Yes. In mm -hmm. Ring of Honor. Uh, thoughts in general on that, where we're at, um, maybe where we've been and where you see things going. So Bring of Honor has always had a women's division that people admired. Um, they were at the forefront for a long time. Um, and then somewhere along the way, uh, that stopped. It stopped being the case. Um, there were incredible women that were out there. Um, they just didn't seem to be show like showcased. Uh, so for me, you know, getting ready for this role and how much research I've done, there's a lot of incredible women out there with incredible fan bases and um, that are different and exciting. And they have these stories of being a, a veteran or these stories of being super young and getting in the business, or they've been in every single uh, female that's now a superstars at some point they've wrestled everyone but they've never been uh, given the big shot they've never been given a contract somewhere so um, we need more space for women in this industry um, and we need space to grow and excel and uh, showcase all the differences in the females that are out there um, that's my thought on it. To not make it a, oh my gosh, we're gonna showcase all these new girls, or oh my gosh, we're gonna showcase every single girl that has trained with so-and-so, or I don't want that. I want who is the best at being themselves, whether it's the most fun or the greatest wrestler or the most high fly, who is the best at being themselves? Let me ask you about what's sort of a hot button topic, I guess, with, uh, with wrestling, or it has been, which is intergender. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about mixed tags where, you know, the woman tags in and the other woman has to tag in. I'm talking about mm -hmm. like a man versus a woman match, uh, which we've seen a lot of that in the past few years. And people mm -hmm. seem to really be into it or they seem to hate it. And uh, what, what, is, what are your thoughts? It has to be right. It can't just be thrown together because, ooh, this is the fun thing we're going to do at the moment. And we have to be careful um, because uh, things can be taken one way or another way when there's not a story behind it. So we need to make sure that we have a reason for doing the things that we're doing. And it's not just because, oh, this is the cool thing to do. If the fans want it, I'm sure that Ring of Honor will find a way to do it and do it in a way that's not offensive to anybody, not the guy, the girl, nobody. It, it needs to be right. Yeah, it's all in the execution. I think you're 100% right. It's a case-by-case mm -hmm. -case basis. Yeah. And you can't make a blanket statement on it. So I think I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I mean, some combinations of intergender matches just look wrong. And we have to be cognizant of that. Would they really wrestle? That's a, and that's always the question. Would they really wrestle? And who would win? Right. And does this make sense? 
Right. And I think you make a great point. I was, I was a believer in China wrestling. Mm -hmm. I See? Yes. I, I can believe our Maria Manic. Mm-hmm. Getting in there with me. I believe it. I did yes. not, no disrespect to Tessa Blanchard because she's a phenomenal mm-hmm. worker. I, I couldn't accept her being the world champion of a major mm-hmm. and getting in there with guys like Michael Elgin and like, I, mm-hmm. I just, I, I couldn't suspend my disbelief. See, I'm going to have to disagree with you on this. Tessa's an incredible wrestler. Um, with a phenomenal last name. And I think that that's one of those that um, I think they could have taken a little bit more time to help people along in that suspension of disbelief. Um, That would be my only uh, critique on that. I think that there was a lot of other things that were around that in the mood of the industry about Tessa, um, you know, that we have to look at. Again, She's a phenomenal worker. She works, you know, she just, she works different. And um, I wouldn't mind seeing her in a similar role again, as long as it was right. Understood. Gotcha. Let me ask you a little bit more just about, um, because you talked about character development and Mm -hmm. wanting to know the motivations, I guess, of Mm -hmm. wrestlers. And I think another thing with Ring of Honor, I've talked about it on this podcast before, is how much those promos, those sit-down interviews before the matches, and I'll give you an, uh, an example. A friend of mine said, man, I saw Delirious against Rhett Titus was, was on the docket, you know, and I was just like, eh, well, you know, I guess that'll be an okay match, but not overly excited about it. Mm-hmm. And then they sat down and watched the, uh, they watched the videos beforehand, mm-hmm. and they got to hear Rhett's point of view on why what Delirious has meant to his career. Oh, yeah. Beating him is so important. And then you get to Delirious, who, as we know, doesn't really cut. <laughs> but they have the subtitles, and we get, okay, you know, which I didn't even remember this. His last night as a full-time wrestler, Titus and Kenny King and Austin Aries laid him out in a cage match. And mm-hmm. now he's kept this built up for all the – so it's like now my friend was like, Man, I was really excited now to see what mm-hmm. I think old match or match I didn't care about to now see these guys wrestle. And I think that's happening with like every match we see on TV now on, in Ring mm-hmm. of Honor. Like on paper, it looks quote unquote cold, but then we hear the guys' motivations. You know, LSG and Jay Lethal. LSG talking about being a fan and meeting Jay Lethal at a Ring of mm-hmm. Honor show, now having to face him. And Lethal saying, I want to see what this kid has. So I think that it's very basic storytelling but it's so effective i think it's storytelling people can understand we talk them into the building we do we have to um and that's one thing i'm excited about with the women's division is when that um when it's the right time is to get over real stories from women um you always hear that i'm the toughest woman I'm the toughest woman. I'm the toughest woman. It is the same story again and again. I want to know, what's your motivation? Why are you fighting for this? What happened to you? And why do you not like this other person? Were they in your way? Did they take your spot? Now, I believe that there's spots for everyone, but maybe they believe that. Um, That's exciting. That's how you get different stories. Because it's, again, it's back to the experience thing. Every experience is different. Every single one. 
So something along the way made you a professional wrestler. Wrestler, That story is going to be different than the next person. And then from there, their path is completely different. And I think that's what Ring of Honor is. They are capitalizing on that right now. Is they're taking the reality of professional wrestling and bringing it to life. Yeah, that's it. Hundred percent is is we're we're bringing in real life and real life motivations to then be acted out in these mm-hmm. stories. And when it's real, you know, and and we've taken that real sports based approach. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, this business is still built on. You still want charismatic characters and larger. For sure. But, but, but I believe that Halloween is the most honest holiday of the entire year. People put on the real masks on Halloween. That is who they believe they are. So, sure, we put on a mask every single day. Not the COVID mask. But we put on a mask every day that is okay for the world. But when those wrestlers go out to that ring, they are putting on their real masks. They're real personas. They're real characters. So in their minds, there is a real story behind that. How did it get there? Absolutely. You know, you just made, this is completely uh, sidetracked here. But when you mentioned- I'm sorry. That, no, that's okay. Uh, that, that's a great part about a conversation. You'll say something that'll spark another question. <laughs> but um, you mentioned the masks and I know you meant, you know, COVID masks, right? Mm-hmm. So let me just ask you this, as someone, you know, as a wife and a mother of two small children, did you have any trepidations about your husband going off and, and, and wrestling again and being around a group of people and, you know, having to be tested and be in a bubble? Were there any trepidations at all? Uh, everybody's nervous um, at, the, at this time. But when he, when he left, I was afraid by day two. I was totally fine with it. When are you gone again? When am I going to have the whole bed to myself again? I was, I was totally fine with it. Um, Ring of Honor's done a great job. I mean, it's, it's been uh, held like NBA, um, where you know, you're in a bubble and you get tested all the time and um, you protect each other and you stay six feet away from each other. And you know certain people are um, like uh, very nervous about it and you make sure you take care of that other person. Um, and Ring of Honor is a family and everybody treats each other like family because we know that the Briscoes are going home to 82 children and these people are going home, you know, like you, you, you protect each other because they're your family. Absolutely. Well, very well said. I, I agree with that. All right. Well, I'm going to sneak in another break here and then okay. we'll come back and we'll have more with Maria Canales Bennett right after this. I'm Quinn McKay, the host of Ring of Honor's weekly YouTube show, Week by Week. Join me every Tuesday for brand new episodes as we catch up on all of the groundbreaking ROH news and get exclusive comments from some of your favorite ROH stars. We also have some great weekly segments like Question of the Week, This Day in History, and Brian Zane's Top 5. Join me every Tuesday at 1 p.m. on social media and youtube.com slash ring of honor for Week by Week. All right, we are back on the ROH Strong Podcast. We are speaking with the First Lady of Ring of Honor, Maria Canales Bennett. I think uh, I'm required legally to say that every time I introduce you, the First Lady of Perfect. Ring of Honor. Perfect, you are actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, this last segment is, is uh, really a hodgepodge of topics. Okay. Things I want to throw out there. Um, 
you got to wrestle in New Japan. This was, uh, mm-hmm. I was doing my research for this, this podcast, and I forgot about this. This was like, like this doesn't happen in New no. Japan. No. It, it was you and, and Matt and Mike, right, against mm-hmm. Bullet Club, Gallows, Anderson, and Amber Gallows. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that like for you? Because I don't think that had happened. Women in the ring with, uh, hadn't happened in New Japan in like forever. Yeah. What was that like? Um, I, I definitely felt the weight of um, what I was doing, um, but in a good way. Everybody was so supportive um, and the fans were incredible. I hope to do it again. Um, and, that, and people probably are surprised by that, but um, I really enjoyed my time over there. And whether it is I strap one kid on the front and strap the other kid on the back and we get on that long flight out there, um, we want to figure it out to where um, we can go back to New Japan. Well, I would love to see that. And I think that was, uh, yeah, that was all, you made history. <laughs> it, it's crazy because I was over there more than any other female. So, um, you know, more than the wrestling, it was the time. Um, I spent a lot of time over there um, and I went to a lot of different towns. um, And yeah, it was, it was an incredible experience. Plus they treated me amazing. My locker room a lot of times was bigger than the boys' locker, all of the boys. My locker room was bigger than all of the boys' locker room. And um, that's that's heat right there. Oh, I would invite people in. I was like, no, 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 this is not okay. Like, come on guys. Like, you know, we would have, you know, Matt and Mike were in my room and like a few other people. I was like, this, this is not okay. And then they would ask Mike if I needed anything. It was just so respectful and wonderful. Like I would do it all over again. And to top it all off, you won the match for your team. (laughs) Of course. Yeah, you're not doing doing no jobs in New Japan. (laughs) I am one and oh. There you go. <laughs> so, again, in doing my research, I saw that you really only had a handful of matches in Ring of Honor. Yes. Not that many. And you worked with ODB. Two? I, I think had two. OD, well, actually, yeah, ODB, which you did uh-huh. a single match and a six-person tag, right, with the Briscoes. Mm-hmm. I know you also did a tag match with you and Mike against Brutal Bob Evans and Cheeseburger, the Brutal Burgers. <laughs> I forgot about that. Okay, yes. And then there was you and Mike against Eddie Edwards and Sarah Del Rey. Yes, and that's when I learned how terrible I am in the ring because they are so amazing. Well, everybody- I literally did nothing. <laughs> Eddie was like, we're going this direction. Okay, fine, Eddie, whatever you want. Sarah comes. Oh, my God. They were incredible. Me, no. I, oh. I should have stayed home. <laughs> to be fair, Sarah, Sarah Del Rey sets the bar pretty high. Oh my, see, but that's what I'm talking about. Sarah Del Rey is a Ring of Honor staple and people know that and they know the impact she's had on women's wrestling. I mean, she created women's wrestling as it is today in WWE. Like, I, I want that back of Ring of Honor being the place where you, you have these shining lights of, of wrestling in women's wrestling. So a quick Sarah Del Rey story. Okay. when I was in WWE. Okay. Um, of course, I was a fan of her work, right? And we were, me and some of the other writers were trying to get the women's division to be a little more than just two minutes. Because uh-huh. so, we had Natalia on the roster and Beth Phoenix. And we're like, let's, let's utilize these people. 
And it was kind of, it just wrote, you know, Vince said, nobody wants to see the girls fight like the guys. And so it was a losing battle. I remember one time, one of the SmackDown head writers came in and he said to me, he goes, okay, Sarah Del Rey has been signed. And out before, he goes, now, before you say anything, not as a talent, as a coach, and we're not using her as a talent at all. So don't even go there. And I just, I was like, wow. Like we've got Sarah Del Rey and it's like, do not under any circumstances pitch her being on TV. I couldn't get over that. That's my little mm. story. I mean, they did hire Mercedes as a wrestler, which I think is really, um, well, it's a different was a really, I think they have a different mindset now than back in 2011 or 2012. Oh yeah, for sure. That was right after I was out of WWE and I was in ring of honor um, by the time they signed her. And so we were all incredibly excited just to see her a part of WWE, you know, just um, to have that mind and that voice for women's wrestling. Like, you know, she, like I said, she built that division over there to be what it is today. Yeah. She's a great coach. No mm -hmm. doubt about it. And a lot yes. of knowledge there and talent, but it just seemed a missed opportunity. Oh, it's such a missed opportunity. Mm -hmm. I still want to see her go. <laughs> Me too. Me too. So let's talk a little bit about some other, so ODB, who we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. what was that like working with her? I thought you guys, because you're so different, I thought that made for a great uh, conflict or contrast. Mm -hmm. Is that fun working with her? Uh, she's, she's the sweetest person ever. She, so she comes off, you know, real brash and all this stuff. But like, when you talk to her, she's the sweetest, most huggable person ever. Um, so I loved it. I loved working with her. Um, I, I appreciate, you know, her being a part of that storyline. It's one of my favorite memories from my first run in Ring of Honor. And um, yeah, I can actually watch that match and go, okay, that, that worked. Do you have any memories of that, uh, the match against the Brutal Burgers that I brought up where you and Mike took on cheeseburger and... <laughs> no, but um, I, I just remember being like, I think my legs are bigger than cheeseburgers. Like, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember thinking that like when we first got in the ring together and me literally looking across me, this is not acceptable. <laughs> I was like, I could kill that boy with my legs, I think. I think, yeah. Um, he, I think he's put on a little bit of weight since then. He has, yes. Uh -huh. All right. Well, as I said, this will be a hodgepodge of topics. So That's okay. Wrestling for a little bit. Uh, again, doing my research, I had forgotten. I think I knew this at one point, but like 10 years ago, you put out an album. I did, yeah. Seven Sins. And I listened to some of the uh, – I listened to uh, – there's a song called Seven Sins. There was something – don't, uh, I can't remember. I just listened to it yesterday, but I don't remember. Don't change or something along those lines. Right? Mm -hmm. um, good stuff. Like uh, what, ha why did you not continue that? Or will you, there's, you know, not that you can't pick up and do it now. Okay. So this is going to um, surprise people, but I was a nervous wreck to perform. I, it made me really uncomfortable. I still write. Um, I just, uh, I, I get really uncomfortable um, in front of crowds singing. So um, I had a few like um, uh, like showcases uh, that were set up and I canceled them because I got so nervous. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Well, you could, you could still do the recording and just not like no one's touring. Not before, no one's touring. No <laughs> I should have came out with it this year. That's right. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, I really enjoyed writing it. It was, um, yeah. You made I, all the songs. I did. Yeah. yeah. I didn't write the music. I wrote the lyrics. But yeah, and I I worked with um, a few other musicians on it, and um, yeah. I I had a lot of fun writing it, but the performing was not for me. Okay. I also want to ask you about acting. Mm-hmm. That's I checked out your IMB I internet movie IMDB <laughs> profile. So you've done some acting. Um you did a movie called Saving Christmas where you played yourself. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you want to do more acting? Or have you have you done do you have anything that you've done that isn't out yet? Um, no, but, um, I would love to do more. I enjoy it. You know, I, I like, um, I, I like playing different characters. It's a lot of fun. Um, then every, I, I did army of the damned with Thea and Tommy dreamer. And, um, that was a lot of fun. And I got to play a demon. Um, so that was, or one of the damned, uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, but I would, I would do it again in a heartbeat if I could. Um, and we had actually, before we had kids, talked about moving out to L.A. because I wanted to get more involved. And so did Mike, um, wanted to get more involved in acting. Not as a way to leave wrestling, but as a way to just do more performances. Nothing wrong with branching out. It's worked out for a few uh, people in the business who branched out. You know, a few of them, they, they seem to do rather well for themselves. Yeah. I want to ask you about the ditzy character that you played. In uh-huh. the um, obviously, you are a far uh, cry from that person in real life. <laughs> so I guess my question is, um, when, pe- when fans met you, uh-huh. were they surprised if they had a conversation with you about how articulate and smart you are? Or did you live the gimmick and not break kayfabe and play the character? Uh, so a little bit of both when I was in WWE. Um, some people were very surprised, you know, uh, they, they would, they had me on like Fox business one time. And I, I have no idea why I was on at that moment, but they were like, Oh, well, after we got off, they were like, Oh, wow, you did so great. I didn't think that you would be able to, I was like, I'm still a real person. Um, and that was, years ago that was probably in like uh 2009 or something like that so they um you know they've had me do a few of those things in the past where people were surprised of like oh i didn't think you'd be able to or when i was on celebrity apprentice everybody thought i was an idiot and i was like no and the producers wanted me to play an idiot on a reality show which i was like that's not happening that's not reality (laughs) no that's silly uh but then once i once i started transitioning out of wwe and like deciding what this new me was going to be um as a character or whatever um it took a little while because i would do these interviews after um wwe released me and people thought i was an idiot and so i would have to like fix this whole issue at the beginning because i'm like no one's gonna hire an idiot so like (laughs) all right, we got to fix this problem. And so I would 
gradually um, make a difference in this image that everybody had of me before. Um, Celebrity Apprentice definitely helped. Um, but in the wrestling community, I had to um, fix my major image problem, which, you know, now my husband had to experience that all over again as well, of him having a major image problem uh, leaving WWE. Yeah, well, I tell you what, there was a great segment. Um, and look, I never, uh, I didn't know you back when you were in, in your first WWE run. And we did miss each other. When I got there, you were already gone. Yeah. Um, but I knew I had a pretty strong indicate. I, I believed you were not the ditzy character you were playing. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. But there was a great segment with Eric Bischoff where you dropped the pretense and yeah. she, like, I don't remember what your verbiage was. Mm-hmm. Like you dropped the pretense and were like, became the real you. And I thought, wow, that was a great, like they didn't know it at the time, I'm sure. But what a great payoff to all, oh, the, yeah. all the time well, invested in that character. Yeah. And, you know, we wanted to do more. There was a lot of people pulling for me to do more, to move in that direction of, ditzy by day and smart by night kind of thing. And there was this duality that we were trying to play with. Of course, Vince didn't want to go with it. But um, I just remember when we were filming that, I had to do it straight through. So it was me walking in, sitting down, and then doing it. The first time was perfect. uh, Nothing happened. Like, we did it all. And there was something wrong with the camera. And I was like, and Vince is looking at me, and I'm just like, Oh my God, I got to do this again. And I was like, okay, here we go. Because it wasn't so much the verbiage. The verbiage was fine, but it was the walking around in the, and sitting down that I was more concerned with than the actual verbiage. Because Vince is just staring at me and I'm like, oh my God. Luckily at that point he liked me. So we were okay. (laughs) At that point. At that point, you know, I don't know about this last time. I think he liked me for a while and then I don't know what happened, but. Um, yeah, <laughs> the girls always used to joke that I was his favorite at one point. So, um, cause I was doing all these things, but, um, I think he really enjoyed the character and, and so did I, um, I've had a love hate relationship with it, but you know, for the most part, I really enjoyed it. It was a fun character. And there's another segment, I guess this joke maybe goes to show my, um, sixth sense of humor, but I remember a segment you did with Carlito. Oh my God. He asked you about, you know, when you chew an apple. Do, uh-huh. do I spit or swallow? Do you spit or right. swallow? And then I called, I called Chris Masters the masturbate. Um, yeah, I, I've had, or, but it all started with calling Edge the Edge, which is funny because now I, extend, I, I accentuate all of these um, when I do promos because that was my beginning. So, woo! I've noticed that. I noticed yeah. that in the experience video. Uh-huh. You do accentuate the, yeah, I noticed yeah. that. Let me ask you about, uh, since we're talking about your brain, uh, you had mentioned on the last- I have one? What? On the last podcast, you mentioned something about uh, furthering your education again, maybe going uh-huh. back to another master's degree. Um, are, you, are you doing that? And I can't remember what mm-hmm. you said it was gonna be. What field? Uh, it's an MBA. So um, business, um, business administration. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, my next class is going to be an ethics class. 
<laughs> which I, which I find fascinating because um, we can choose our topics of what are, we write our papers about. Um, in the in the first course, um, I actually wrote about the misclassification of professional wrestlers in the WWE, um, which was my final paper. And so I think in this next one, it's going to uh, talk about um, more uh, about wrestling in, in politics. It'll be interesting. Wow, I would love to read that. I would. <laughs> Lots of people have been asking me. I'm sure. Um, yes. And uh, I, I've been kind of keeping it close to my chest um, because I think maybe eventually there might be a doctorate out of it. So um, my goal is to be Dr. Diva, uh, but I think Beth is going to beat me to it. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll wait and see on that one. It's going to take me a while. Dr. Diva. I love that. <laughs> first lady roh and doctor maria canos that's that's pretty good yeah i mean with two tiny ones and it's gonna take me a bit but um i would love to study women in business i know that stanford has uh they, they have that degree there so we'll see uh we'll get there i'm not i'm not putting pressure on that um first i want to get my mba and then uh we'll move forward so other than that, which is, uh, will take some of your time, obviously, and uh, two little ones to take care of, and now doing this thing in Ring of Honor, uh, what else do you have going on? I, is Meet the Bennett uh, a streaming show that you're doing? It is. It's on ASY, um, and you can stream it out of everything. Like, you can download their app on, um, it's on iTunes, it's on Hulu, it's on all the Roku and all these different um, things. But you you can just look it up in the link in either my bio on Instagram or on Twitter. Um, I'm not really good with all the technical stuff in, in computer world, so it's better for you just to go directly to links because otherwise it won't happen. Um, so, yeah, we we're very unfiltered on it and it's not super um, like overproduced. We didn't, we didn't do that. Um, but I love the network because there's so many shows just like ours. Like Lita has a show and um, of course uh, doc has a show and um, it's been doing really well. Um, and I'm, I'm very excited about people kind of seeing an inside look at what our lives are like but not in like this ultra glamorous because I don't put makeup on most days or I don't in my hair is usually up here. Like, and, um, I'm more focused on, um, the, the creative, um, when I'm even, when I'm even at a wrestling show, I'm more focused on the creative than I am on the, okay, we got to get me all ready. And, you know, so, um, this gives you more of an unfiltered look. So this is basically your life at home? You, you oh, and yeah. Your Our life at home. I think um, the, the first episode was actually covering us going out to Los Angeles for NWA and Mike having his title match, um, which was awesome. Like it, it, the way that that episode came out was incredible. Um, the match I wish was longer, but things happen. Um, so, uh, you know, just the two pieces together of seeing the match and then seeing what happened behind the scenes for the match together just makes an incredible piece. 
Um, and you know, so then the next couple episodes were at home. Uh, the one that's coming out soon is a Christmas episode. We're giving it away for free. Um, it's not up yet, but we do plan on, uh, putting it out there. And then I think we're, um, going to the presidential inauguration next. Uh, so that'll be episode four. Wait, how do you, how do you, you got to tell me, how do you pull this? Off? How did you, I mean, not everybody gets to go to that. How did you pull that well, off? Well, everybody can go. Everybody can be on the mall, like okay. right there. Oh, We're not going like to the. I mean, I don't know Biden that well. Okay. <laughs> so I thought you got like a personal invite from the president elect. No, no, no. We're okay. just going to be in Washington D.C. and we're going to be a, a part of the masses. Again, you just sparked another question in my mind. When, when WWE was doing a lot of the um, SmackDown, your vote and that kind of thing, were you? Yes. There? During that camp, that that whole thing, were, were you? I was there, but I wasn't going to any of the uh, any of the conventions. I didn't do the conventions. That was mainly Stacy, Tori. Who were the guys going? Helms. Who else? Was MVP on one? I don't know, but it wasn't me. Not I wasn't. No, but I wasn't really into politics at that time anyways i was just focused on um you know what i was doing in wwe it, literally there could have been wars going on when i was with that company the first time i was i was on the road either doing shows interviews or live events 300 days a year wow yeah yeah i, I was uh, i was a busy lady at that time so literally there could have been like anything could have been going on aliens could have came down i would have been like oh what there was an alien. I got to get back to work. Like, <laughs> didn't All right. Understood. All right. Well, we're going to take our final break. And then when we come back, we typically do our 10 questions segment. But since this is your second appearance on the show, uh, last time when you and Mike were on together, we did a version of 10 questions where I think we asked five questions, but got each of your answers. So it was a little bit of a cheat. But so this time I want to change it up a little bit for the first time ever. In, our, in 38 episodes, I want to do word association. Uh, okay. I, I'm up for it, and I feel very special right now. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll take that final break, and we'll be back with word association with Maria right after this. Experience the show that's thrilling critics and fans. ROH-TV. The reviews are in. It's completely different than anything in pro wrestling. I enjoyed every minute of this show. ROH TV delivers. Valiant Saint Raves. Take my money. This was awesome. Join the ROH stars for the hashtag WatchROH Watch Party every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. How do I watch ROH TV? Start by visiting ROHWrestling.com and using our zip code lookup tool to find your local listings. We aren't in your area? Don't worry. You can catch us on digital channels such as Stadium and Stir City as well as Fight.TV. ROH TV also airs every Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern on Best on the Planet, our newly launched 24-7 streaming channel, which is available on Stir and Plex. The newest episode of ROH TV is always free on ROHWrestling.com and the Ring of Honor app. Ring of Honor has never been easier to watch. All right, we are back on the ROH Strong Podcast. My guest is the first lady of Ring of Honor and future Dr. Diva. <laughs> yes, I want that title. You got it. All right, so this time we're going to play, instead of 10 questions, word association. Are okay. you ready? Okay. 
I, I hope so. You know, it's, mom brain might set in. We'll, we'll try. It's now time for Word Association with Kevin. Well, I'll just give you the names of 10 people. Oh, okay. 10 people. All right. 10 people. Yeah, not subjects. It's just people. Okay. And you don't have to give like one word. It could be whatever, how many other words you want on what pops okay. in. So I'll start off with an easy one. Number one, Matt Tate. Oh, friend. Just uh, my husband's best friend, my friend. Um, when everything was going down with Mike's addiction and when he had first came out with it, he's one of the first people I texted. He's one of the first people I called. Um, and because he's, even though sometimes he can be travel taven, at the same time, he can be my rock um, when it comes to that situation. All right, number two, uh, sort of the opposite of Matt Taven, uh, Vincent. Also oh God! Formerly known as Vinny. Uh, insecure. Okay. Most cult leaders, I think, usually are. Very, and usually, um, it's it's a it's definitely it's like theater. You know, they they put on this big play, and but it's a, a very sad human that's usually behind it. So yeah. I think he watched the Helter Skelter TV movie just one too many times. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what? I don't know. I've known uh, Vinny for a long time, so um, I used to call him Broccoli because he had this hair that looked like broccoli. So um, he's no longer broccoli. Maybe like rotten broccoli. I don't know. Yeah. All right, question or not question? Uh, number three on the word association: Vita von Star, who, uh, as we know, is with the righteous. And again, I think people kind of look. They kind of line things up a little bit and like, okay, they have a woman on their side. Are we going to see Maria to counterbalance Vita? What are your thoughts on her? Um, you know, I think that, I think sometimes people latch on to something thinking that uh, maybe, maybe they can eventually get the spotlight. But um, right now she's just uh, picking weak moments to arrive um so she better be careful of the strong moments mm. um because at the end of the day the kingdom is still the kingdom um and especially now more than ever because it's the ogk that is right ogk all right number four the briscoes jay and mark <laughs> um so they were both at my wedding um and they were incredible at my wedding um they're I bet the two of them can cut a rug at the way. Uh, did they cut a rug? Oh, my gosh, yes. But most of the Ring of Honor crew was there. The, I mean, the Ring of Honor crew from back then. I mean, we had Adam Cole there. We had Roddy there. We had everyone at our wedding. Um, yes, they can cut a rug. Yes, they know how to have fun. Um, yeah, it, it's weird for me to associate my wedding with the Briscoe brothers, but, hey, we're doing it. <laughs> All right, number five, our backstage correspondent. Quinn McKay, oh, gosh. and host it week by week. She's incredible. She really is. Um, I, I mean, she had a lot to do the night of final battle, and she nailed it every time. I was like, yes. And I, I see myself in her in the sense that she does react to what is going on. And back in the day, I was able to react. A lot of times interviewers aren't allowed to do that. 
um, in wrestling, but she reacts. And so she helps along what the fans are feeling at home. And so I appreciate that. Um, and oof, that woman had a lot to do. Yeah, I told her when she was just to pick off, uh, pick up with what you said, I told her when she was on the show a couple weeks ago that she has the ability to enhance an interview without stepping on the talent, which is yeah. a very unique. You know, the idea is obviously to get the talent over. Um, mm-hmm. But instead of just somebody with the microphone and being kind of no personality, her personality helps play off the other, the, the wrestler's personality. Yeah, I mean, she's filling a huge void, a void too. We don't have fans. So because we don't have fans, we don't always know like how to react to a situation. Um, and she is all the fans sometimes. She is that um, that extra emotion that we might need in a backstage interview. So um, I, I think she's doing an excellent job. I can't wait to see more by her. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to work with her. All right, number six, uh, one of the um, cornerstones, I guess, of our women's division, Angelina Love. So I met Angelina um, in OVW. She had uh, she had not dreadlocks, but they were braids yeah. um, all over her head at the time. And I remember back then just how she could move, and I was like, "Wow, that's a like I didn't know that I came from." I came from the modeling world. Um, I was a wrestling fan, but I had no idea about the independent scene. And so when I first met Angelina, I was like, holy cow, a woman can move like that in the ring? Um, And so uh, I admired her back then, and I admire the fact that she came back from having a baby um, and looks as good as she does. Holy cow. Um, Again, can't wait to work with her. All right, another woman in our division. We mentioned her earlier, sort of in passing. She shares your first name, Maria Manick. I'm a little terrified of her, um, not going to lie. <laughs> so I met her uh, at the uh, Wrestle Kingdom school um, years ago, when before she was Maria Manick. Um, she was a Barbie doll back then. And so um, I am interested to find out which one is the real Maria. Me, her, or the Barbie doll from back then. So um, I'm, I'm very curious. I will say, having, having gotten to know her a little bit, that what you see now is much closer to her real personality than the blonde Barbie doll she was pretending. Ooh, all right. <laughs> we got to have some fun. <laughs> Can't wait to see Maria and Maria. In the, in the <laughs> All right, number eight. We talked uh, also about him a little bit earlier. Paul Heyman. Okay. Um, teacher. Uh, he was my mentor for a very long time. He's the person that made me believe that I could write um, because he believed in me at the time. Um, in recent years, I feel like... Uh, his legacy hasn't been upheld as much as it should be um, because of whatever WWE is doing. Who knows? Like, the idea he had for Mike and I was great. It could have been amazing. But unfortunately, along the way, things get watered down and muddy. And so, um, yeah, I would say mentor, educator, and um, 
he's my friend. <laughs> I text him randomly and I'm like, hey, what about this person? What do you think? How can I make this better? You know, um, he's one person that I know if I text him, I will hear back from him within a day. Yeah, I know he's polarizing, but I, like you, I mean, obviously I don't know him on the level that, that you do, but I, I did get to know him some working with him. And uh, same thing, yeah, I can text Paul out of the blue every once in a while and he does get back and um, yeah, I just, I can't say enough good things about him either. Like, I, I think one of the tough things is, is like, you don't know all this thing. Like, yes, people can be polarizing, but like, you don't know what the whole story is. And I, I only know what happened to me. I know what Paul told me. I know what was actually thrown at me um, last minute as I'm walking out to the ring. Like, so, so I don't know. That is and, crazy, isn't it? Like, I remember those days too, as, as the writer, not the talent, but having to go up to a talent literally five minutes. I mean, yeah. you're not exaggerating. Literally five minutes before they're going to go out on Raw live and handing yeah. them a script change that, oh, you know, uh, this is just approved by Vince. Go. Like, I would, so, there's no way I could do it. So one of the craziest um, experiences I ever had wasn't a promo, but I mean, I've had promos where I was learning my lines as I'm going down to the ring and saying them in my head, like, okay, they just told me to say this. Don't say that word. Vince hates that word today. Like, whatever. But was a match. I get in the ring and Beth is like, okay, we have two minutes. And it was supposed to be a match where I was showing something. I was supposed to have a little bit more fire. I was going to show. And I was like, all right, so what are we doing? And like, Beth is piecing this sucker together as we're like locking up. And like, so, you know, that you just, again, who knows with all the stories floating around about Heyman. I know what I know about me. And that's what I'm going to go off of. Okay. All right, number nine. I have a feeling uh, because I've heard past interviews with you that you may have a oh God. may have a different take. We usually when you hear Paul Heyman, there's a counterpart to Paul Heyman. Jim oh God! Heyman. <laughs> All right, I think I think we kind of covered this before. Okay, <laughs> that man hated me. He hated me with a passion. Um, he actually, when I was in WWE at OVW, he came out and was like, Diva Chick doesn't even know any of the wrestlers, but I was a huge fan. I knew who everybody was. Um, she can't remember any of her lines, blah, blah, blah. Uh, okay, fine. Um, but then years later, he's the one that got me to Ring of Honor, <laughs> like with Mike all the time. And then, so I am, um, I understand that people put on a show. And I understand that everybody wants to get the best product. So maybe he did feel that way about me back in the day. And I was ditzy diva, whatever. And, but that actually got me a job for a long time. Um, and then maybe he did believe that I should come in with Mike and thought that I was great at that time. And I added something to ring of honor. Um, and then this whole thing with Becky, um, I just don't think he knows any better. I think that's the best way to put it. Um, I think he has a certain thing in his mind, but with so many of us coming back from having babies, the world has changed. And um, people want to see that, especially women. And in our industry, we need all the women we can get. Whether they're wrestlers or fans, we want them all to come in because 
they women once they become wrestling fans and get invested that that's a vital part of our business um and then they bring their little girls and they have women to look up to um especially mothers so why wouldn't you want a few moms on your tv shows so that you could be like "Ooh, all right mommy's taking the boys but guess what i could be her maybe i am that and and then she can tell those boys her little sons or i can tell carver yeah mommy can do that and then when that little boy gets older and they get married they can say you know what my mommy or my wife is a superhero because i saw my mommy doing it so like we we can have an influence and so i think jim just doesn't he doesn't see it maybe he will eventually uh, maybe i'll talk to him again in five years and he'll be like yes i'm hiring you for this and whatever it's it is what it is you know sometimes we just sometimes we just want to spark a little bit of controversy and he did yeah and and he gets lots of uh he has lots of listeners and lots of oh people. yeah so i think he, he has tapped into something that make, he makes you know he's an entertainer i think people do want to hear his no matter how outrageous his opinions are they want to hear they can't wait to hear what is cornette going to say about this oh of course it's a it's a train wreck and we're just watching it and it's um you know that you see a car accident everybody slows down nobody really wants to see it but we're still kind of watching it on the side of our eyes you know it's uh, but he is one part of our business you know, and again, in five years, maybe he'll try and hire me for something else. <laughs> All right. We've come to the last one on Word Association. Oh, God. Here we go. Number 10. I was down to one of two. I had to pick one of these two people. Okay. And I thought we either do Vince McMahon or Donald Trump. And then I thought, well, you know what? <laughs> I don't want to get too political on the ROH Strong podcast. Um, I've seen your Twitter, so I actually know how you feel about Donald Trump. So I'll just go with Vince McMahon. What is, what, what's your, and I know, wow, I'll try to sum that up in a, in a couple sentences, but. Okay, so um, because, because a lot of people take a lot of things out of context, I am going to try and make this very clear to people. Um, Vince McMahon gave me an opportunity. Um, and if I am correct, which like I said before, you never know for sure. It was Vince and Kevin Dunn who were the ones that said, yes, bring her back. So I appreciate that. At the time, it was an excellent opportunity. Um, along the way, I was given incredible opportunities. I, I was able to travel the world. That was incredible. Uh, but at a certain point, people need to change and they need to grow and grow up and learn that the world is changing. And so um, even though I may appreciate the opportunities I was given in the past, I really wish that Vince would learn and would listen to people. And I can say that about Donald Trump as well. Like, it's the same thing. Yes, it worked in the past. That's great. I, I'm happy for you. You created an industry. Good on you. But at a certain point, because you are the pinnacle, the definition of what professional wrestling is, you need to show the world that you can change. Because that is the only way that this industry gets better. 
It's the only way that we can completely move forward. Yes, you have competitors and they are doing a great job, but they do not have the reach. And because Vince McMahon has the reach, he could change a lot of lives. Um, and so in that way, I think he needs to be um, more forward looking and less being like the high school football player was like, I had that great play. It was awesome. Okay, cool. Let's move forward. Let's, let's see what else you got. Are you now a family man? And do you really mean it? Or is that some kind of marketing ploy? You know, it, it, there are a lot of things that company says that they do not truly believe because if they did, my husband and I would not have been fired this year, along with a lot of other wonderful people, whether they were employees or professional wrestlers. So, yes, I don't know if that is a good statement or not, but um, I well, think that sums it up. It was very honest, and I think uh, you articulated <laughs> it very well. <laughs> The, the high school football line is from my husband, but um, mm -hmm. it was about a different topic. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, good on you for giving credit. To, to uh, well, you know, like he's sitting right there, so I got to spend the night with him, so we'll <laughs> see. All right. Well, uh, that's it. That's the end of the Word Association. And uh, before we wrap up, I always ask uh, people to give out their social media information. Sure. If they want to. And then, well, I'll let you go ahead and do that, and then I have one final Okay, um, you can follow me on Twitter, Maria L. Canellis. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, which is Maria Canellis, and Facebook is official Maria Canellis. Um, you can also watch us on asy.com. Um, and you can, uh, I'm trying to think, is there anything else? I don't do, what is it? Uh, oh God, what is it? TikTok, I don't do that. I should, I just can't get into it. Um, I am going to start a Twitch though. I'm really excited about it. So everybody be kind of looking out for that. And I'm on Cameo too. Okay. All right. So just the last thing before we wrap up then is, and we've talked about it obviously a lot, is the experience. Any final words? Because you are really um, sort of the voice of the fans or, and you're joining your voice with their voice. Any final words on experience and fan engagement and what we can look forward to? I think the experience is a vital part of Ring of Honor moving forward as well as the wrestling world moving forward. For a long time, fans have felt neglected. They tune in, they get invested in someone, and then that person goes away. Or they get excited about someone showing up and that person never shows up. This is a real opportunity for the fans to choose the matches and choose the wrestlers. So they should get involved. They should really, um, you know, no, you don't, no wish is too big or too small. We will figure it out along the way, just like Ring of Honor always has and has done especially well during this year. So hashtag choose your honor and let me know. Let me know what you want and maybe we can debate about it and maybe we can make it happen. But the fans should be, as excited as I am about this new experience in Ring of Honor.
Yes, as Maria said, hashtag choose your honor. You can also go over to Facebook and join the ROH The Experience Facebook group. It's a nice community we've got there where you can literally uh, just, it's a free forum to tell us is. what you want to see and who you want to see. And we're listening and Maria's listening especially. So sure. Maria, thanks so much for doing this today. I always, I love talking to you. Um, it's always interesting. Uh, this time we got to do it with you solo. We didn't have Mike getting in the way. So. Mm -hmm. no, he's, he's a little in the way over here. Well, I'd love to have Mike back on at some point too, but only if he wears the plaid suit. Well, you know, like I said, I, I, that, that was a bad choice on my part. I, I apologize. Uh, what I chose was not honorable that day. I, I chose dishonor. Uh, well, Maria, thanks again. Really appreciate thank you. Thank you. No worries. Thank you. And I want to thank everybody out there for listening. And remember, a new episode of the ROH Strong Podcast drops every Monday morning on ROHWrestling.com and most podcast platforms. Keep it locked into ROHWrestling.com and ROH's social media channels, at Ring of Honor on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Ring of Honor for news regarding upcoming episodes. Until next time, this is Kevin Eck saying stay safe, everyone, and let's all be ROH strong.